Steven Seagal. All right. Seagal. Steven Seagal. Okay. Seagal. Chris Kringle. Steven Seagal. Cinema Regal. We good. He was all about the law. I'm talking legal. I'm not sure I ever tried that. You never tried that before? No, wait. Sorry. Let me back that up. He was 18 years old. I'm talking legal. Floating matter. We're talking fecal. Ew. What? No. No. I saw uh, you something, something from over here. I'm talking <laughs> I'm not, peephole. I'm not a tart. Don't call me treacle. No, Ricky's fine. A tart? He's cool. Treacle tarts. Remember in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang where the uh, child snatcher's like, ice cream, treacle tarts. That's how he's like hey, getting them to shut up. Ready for the Speaking of carts and horses. snobbies out there there are films and you watch a lot of them in movies and they're normally not you know they do the same thing over and over again and every once in a while someone arises from middle of nowhere northern China and just makes you feel as if you ever try to make a movie you shouldn't because some people <laughs> just have it in them and one of those guys is be gone. B I space G A N. I don't know how to say your name, B. And I'm sorry if I messed it up. But you're 28 and you just pulled off long day's journey in tonight. I don't, I I I feel inadequate. I feel like I should stop hosting this show. I feel like walking away and letting you guys do this. <laughs> what do you say? He was 28. You, yeah, he was 28. It's like why does anyone try to make art? Yeah, art is dead. Wow. I'll just sit in silence for the next it hour just, or so. Or did it just began? <gasps> you don't think. Oh, man. It's not yeah. possible. Anyway, snobbies, I got all the snobs here. I got Eric Peters, and I got Ethan Hossel. I got Caleb Zero. I got Ricky Wickham. And we have, I believe, uh, someone who was born in China. Thomas Scott, were, weren't you born in China? Uh, No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to be like, what, really? <laughs> Welcome, Thomas. Welcome, Thomas. I, w- I wanted to go with it. I just, I knew I would have to explain it, and I have no idea where to start. Wait, was it Chinatown, San Francisco, maybe? That's closer. <laughs> cool. Thomas. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Thomas, we know, is legit because for like five months, he was trying to get everybody in the world to watch Stalker. Just watch it, we did. And half of us. Yeah, I still have to watch are it. Are still so in on Stalker. Yeah, I have to watch it. Soon. But you know what, snobs? Well, let's ask the first question first. (laughs) Oh, I should summarize the movie. I'm all out of sorts tonight. So, Long Day's Journey Tonight, which I keep talking about is good, and you have no idea what it's about or what's going on, is about uh, a man named Luo, and his father just died, so he's going back to his hometown. Then as he goes back to his hometown, he starts reminiscing or memoring is that a word? Memoring? The verbal of memory? Remembering? Sure. He starts remembering some of his past, most specifically a woman named Wu Xie. Wan. I think that's exactly it. Wan. Wan. What was her name? Wan Xi Wen. Wan Xi Wen. There we go. It was Wan Xi Wen. 
So Wan Chi Wen, the woman in the green dress, who was the woman also of the gangster Zuo, who killed Luo's best friend Wildcat because Luo didn't deliver him the apples in time and there was a gun in the apples. Anyway, that's beyond the point. He starts remembering in a fractured way. And so we just get his memories in the first half of the movie, almost like a detective noir story that's been destroyed. And then in the second half, his one fifty-five minute bravura shot that's mm. almost like a dream. It's like the first half of this movie is memories, and the second half is a dream. I hope I sold it to you. I don't think I did. <laughs> but no, it's no. one of the best movies of the decade. That's true. So, so uh, snubs. So why? Why should um, the people watch or not watch this? Maybe you hated it, and I'm wrong. Your life is better for it. That's why. It's unlike anything you'll ever see, for better or worse, depending on how you feel about it. <laughs> I feel bad. Hmm. It puts average filmmaking to shame. <laughs> It puts good filmmaking. It puts good filmmaking to shame. As a young young filmmaker, twenty eight years old, I feel like I would personally be like, "Oh, I gotta play it safe," you know. But man, there are some choices in this that were just bonkers that worked so well. Like this movie will be timeless, perhaps. I only think. only something will tell. I'm perhaps go, I mean. Time? <laughs> I'm going to go opposite of Jared here. I'm encouraged by the movie Oh, as uh, there's a lot of borrowed ideas. There's yes. a lot of um, homages to other filmmakers, even just like mythology being worked in. So he didn't have to just come in and mold out of nothing this, this movie that we all think was really great. Mm-hmm. He was able to use things that influenced him and make something great. So he didn't go too far and that's why we like it i think that's why we really appreciate it because he did something really good very simply and just did it beautifully Mm. so i would land in the middle of both of you and i would say this is equal parts demoralizing and hopeful um yeah i just i think that while while he does borrow from a lot of brilliant filmmakers from the past he also creates a brand new film language with this and i think um yeah, it's just a brand new film language. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't like he wrote his own film language to this. He's doing things in this film that like no other filmmaker has done, and um, yeah, it's special. No when one, you, no one has showed bare feet next to a little green book before. When you, Never. when you so say that, what do you, what are you, Ricky? what are you thinking of when you say that? Like when he is doing things that no one else is doing. I mean, his perception of like he, like Jared was talking about dreams and memories and how those link together and the portrayal of dreams and um, the imperfection of memories and all those things and how it plays together and how those shots intertwine and are out of order and all those different things. And I'm not even putting it to justice whatsoever, but just to add a, at a beginning mark, I, I, I mean, he's, yeah, I think he's coming from it as like a poet and is mm. doing, you know, his own thing. He's not, you know, he didn't, I don't think he read a book on like here's all the how you make a film and here's right. all the shots and you you push in whenever it's dramatic and then you push out and then you just push over in the and, shoulder and, yeah and just, so now like, zoom in <laughs> and cut and so I, yeah I just think that like I mean in the first like thirty seconds he was doing more inventive stuff with the camera than like 
98% of films I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I've seen his first movie as well. Kelly uh, Blues. Kelly Blues. And I have not. I, I, it, it's really interesting to see it next to this one because it's actually kind of a lot of the like similar film language and structure, but he had no technical like knowledge or really filmmaking experience. That was like his, I think, second film. It's actually. raw, pure talent. Yeah. And so like to see that and then he brings the like, like true like technical and all the other things that maybe that film didn't have and yeah, makes a cause, masterpiece. Because I saw film. Kali Blues before this movie came out. And I like watched it on YouTube because someone had uploaded it to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking like, there's like Dreyer's and then there's Tarkovsky's and then there's Malik's. And it's like, this guy's on their level if mm-hmm. he's doing this at 25 Wait. with like a digital camera. So he yeah. didn't, he didn't go to like school for any no, film school jacks you up. Well, no, 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 he, no, no. he I, went I, to school I, for poetry. <laughs> he got like a bachelor's degree equivalent in poetry. But then he just started making films. Yeah. It's like uh, doing philosophy. S- that's so this is like a fun, like kind of interesting background, actually. He, um, to my knowledge, he spent a year shooting weddings, uh, like him and his friend, <laughs> after school. And he said that he would do it all in these one like long takes. Teaches and you it all had you need this kind of like ghostly, like ethereal uh, feeling to it. And so that's what gave him the idea for like his like long take sequence in Kylie Blues. Caleb talks a lot about how he wants to have a ghost themed wedding. Yeah. Ghost everyone theme? everyone just shows up as ghosts and you can interpret that however you want. <laughs> Whatever you imagine as a ghost you show up as. Wait, wait. Ghost so wedding. in blues cool. he had a long take as well. How long was it? Um, it 40 was like forty minutes? minutes. Yeah, something like that. So. And it travels like five miles. Yeah, it's no. Yeah, it's he wild. like literally like gets on a motorcycle and they just ride a c- couple miles on the. So motorcycle. this one was more strategic, choreographed, kind of like big budget. Yeah, he's had right. money and that. I think that's the money and like technical expertise that he didn't have. Right. Uh, the resources, but I think a lot of the similar kind of ideas are there, and I think he just perfected what was raw in the first film. Hey guys, I'm 28. You think I could do this? Easily. No, with enough Thomas is not in. for the game. We support you. Thomas Kills support. I'm not. Thomas <laughs> and Caleb are my only friends left. What's your What's your budget? <laughs> my budget is one thousand uh, billion. Oh, okay. <laughs> Easily, billion. we can. That's a lot. <laughs> so your your budget is a trillion. Yeah, Elon dollars. Musk is funding my next movie. Whoa! It's called the the Three Musketeers. Uh, he's oh. gonna be. Uh, right, it's out. gonna be three yeah. Elons. We're gonna three Elons. clone him. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta go like get the big blockbuster money and then make what you want. Yeah, so you're gonna make the Elon book movie. Yeah, and you'll come back and make. Yeah. So another. I, sorry, I'm just nope, gonna keep... nope. Cut off. Oh, okay. No, 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 please, please. Keep I brought going. you guys all a little snack no, here. No, you oh, did. Oh my god. But, but I, I guess I am sad that I didn't Jared make this movie. I'm gonna apples. toss you some apples. Who's ready for an apple? I'm ready for an apple. Do you have to eat it core and all? How sad are you? Yeah. You get an apple. You That's get an true. Apple. That's true. Eat it right How now. Sad are but you? I'll eat it. And this is gonna lead into days. our next question because in the film, there's the sound bite. There's oh, the ASMR. There's the ASMR. In the film, the first half seems to be, in my opinion, what would be the man's real life, and the second half would be his dreams of his real life, even if it's not fully true in the first half because his memories may be misleading. He might not be the most reliable narrator in the world. And one of the symbols that appears a couple times is an apple um, because his mother told him when you eat an apple... All the way to the core. That's what you do when you're sad. You just eat the whole apple, when even you're the sad core. Straight up. 
I've eaten a lot of cores in my life. And in the movie, Wildcat does that at one point. I believe it's Wildcat at least. It doesn't tell us specifically. I, I would agree. That's what I interpreted. Well, no, he, he did it in the movie too. And who wants... So that happened in the first half of the movie. Does anyone want to explain what happened with the apples in the second half? The horse. I have a theory. Which is the dream sequence for Hold all on. of you out there. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I had a thought that should we sort of try and outline how this movie progresses yes. like in in a in a basic way not in like a scene oh, by I think scene Jared kind of did you, I, you you think he did it I think I don't think I don't think you can do much half more one, okay. half one half no, no, one protagonist okay. luo is That's, going back to his hometown kylie which begon says has kind of become a city where all timelines coexist in his films which is an interesting thing to think about really um, yes. So he goes home, starts remembering, much like a uh, Patrick Modiano novel. If any of you are aware of the Nobel Prize winning Patrick Modiano, one of Began's major influences for this film, includes a wandering protagonist trying to almost recapture his past or in a, in a detective-type way, trying to remember things about his past. He doesn't remember clearly. He doesn't know where people are. He's trying to find people. In this case, he's trying to find his, who he believes is his one true love in his life, Wan Shi Wen, um, who he doesn't know where she is anymore and starts following clues to get to her. And in the film, he never quite gets there, much like those Modiano novels. So that's first half. It's first like half. B-tier 500 Days of Summer? Yeah, B-tier for sure. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably C. It's the greatest movie Whoa. of all time. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the greatest actor of all time. Zoe Deschanel is the greatest actress of all time. And then he goes and sits down in a movie theater as he's waiting to maybe see his lady and then falls asleep and we get this dream in the second half, which kind of takes elements from the first half of the movie and makes them like a dream would uh, when you get them in life. It mixes them all together and makes them not make sense and make sense and all of that. And, t- and the second half is all one shot. Okay, I was about Great. to say. Yeah, we've said that a couple that? times. Okay, yeah. And I think the second half feels like a theater production where the sets mm. are changing and there's a smaller cast and it's more static. You have to wait for things to develop just like you would in a mm-hmm. theater where it's like you said, the first half is more like film noir. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed too, it's all shot in one shot. Oh, I, I don't no, know because you guys know that no, like actual, the second half of the movie, it's like a fifth, like the whole fifty-five minutes. They didn't say cut. Well, I don't think I don't I know what cut is in Chinese. If, if, but if I didn't what hear it. if what Ricky said wasn't clear, um, the cameraman followed them around the whole time. Uh, I thought that was did, cool. And didn't hit the record button when to to stop the film. But did uh, you guys notice that the first half was all in like kind of different shots that were kind of like edited <laughs> together. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so, kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> and they weren't even. Apple. <laughs> oh god! And like the first half wasn't real, real time either. It wasn't real time. Hmm. You know, like it was like cool. sometimes it was you're like in the future, sometimes you're in the past. It was really know. cinematic. Cin- no. It's a cinematic. Um, okay. On a on a real note though, I I think a magical part, I guess, of the the second um, part of the film also is that I think just like those little slow moments where it's just like they're walking or moving. I feel like allows you to kind of sit with the film and like contemplate what's come before and kind of like reassess it with the new information you're like slowly gathering in the second part. And I, I don't know. I just like really appreciated that like slower pace that you could just kind of 
really chew on the film. Well, maybe instead of answering my Apple question, since no one wants that. Oh, well, I said I could. No, I, I, I want to do, I think we should split this up into two halves. B. Gone said he did uh, split this movie into two halves purposefully. Very inspired by Vertigo to do that. Mm. Um, and he says this about the first half. It is 2D. Uh, the second half filmed in 3D, but we don't get to see that version. Um, is disjointed, fragmented, elliptical. He gathered his narrative and then proceeded to destroy, disrupt, and deconstruct it piece by piece so that it was unrecognizable. And he said, I think of this film as a murderer. It operates under the logic of murder rather than poetry. What? Um, And I just want to know what you guys thought about this disjointed, destroyed, murdered first half of a film. It did feel disjointed. It confused me a lot. Mm -hmm. It's not hard to confuse me, but um, you could say that again. Lols. You know what? It reminded me of um, Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice a little bit, where I'm just like, "What's happening? I don't know what's going on. Am I going to remember this in the morning?" Um, type of feel. So it did feel very disjointed, um, and I wouldn't say it's not poetic, but I, I would. Say the the thing I've seen that's the most similar to it in structure is probably uh, Tarkovsky's The Mirror, mm. um, just in a lot no of how it's shot, and also just no, just like the scattered kind of memories that aren't like insanely easy to follow, but it's kind of like memories are and a little separate. Yeah, what's what's use struck, of mirrors? What struck you guys about half one? Anything? He really wants to find this woman. <laughs> he really wants to find this woman. Because with, with that first half, once it was like hard to follow, I kind of quit trying to follow. So then I'm like, okay, well, what am I supposed to be feeling? Is kind of where where I go when I feel like I'm lost. And what did you feel? And I feel like I just felt a sense of longing for this person. You know, mm. if 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 his friend's dead. I think anytime there's death, there's you want to reflect on okay, well, what, what do I have in life? What do I miss in life? Yeah. And so he, well, man, I had this this person that was really important to me. It meant a lot to me, and I'm gonna go try and find them. I just feel like there's a sense of longing and sadness throughout that first half after I kind of gave up on <laughs> trying to follow it. <laughs> hmm. Smoking has never been cooler. Oh, man. Agreed. I was about to go buy a pack during <laughs> this, man. I thought you were done smoking. Give me some American spirits, man. I'll puff, puff, pass. Yeah, that that <laughs> that movie just um, oddly uh, made me want to smoke. So are we going to go uh, smoking and after I've this? Never, I've n- are we going to smoke? Are we going to smoke? Eric, I've are we never, smoke? I've never smoked a cigarette my entire life. It'll change your life, man. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Let it be known, snobs don't take a stance either way on smoking. We are <coughs> completely neutral. Um, no, I think I think there were just the first half was mesmerizing moments. It was like that scene where they're just like, like for one, every time they bite the end off a cigarette and then smoke it, both oh, she man. and he do it. So I think like they're very into each other basically trying to mimic each other um but then that scene where they're just like next to the train the train is moving and it just like it just focuses on this glass just slowly vibrating off of the table Mm. 
Right. And it's and it's just like there's just mesmerizing moments where they just like it just sits Stalker. in it. And it just like you're just yep. looking at it and nothing else matters but this glass that's vibrating off of the table closer and closer to the edge. And you don't even see it fall. You just see it kind of fall off the edge. And yeah, I just think there were so many moments in the first half that just like really drew you in and caused you to pause and just sit and just watch and and kind of be present. Lingering shots. Yeah. I think a lot of movies are, you need quick cuts, you need action, you need to like more stimulation. But if you like sit on a shot, I mean, I think, Personally, I love that because it makes mm. you sit with it more rather than just mm. like I need to be stimula- stimulated by the next image. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I thought of the movie Children of Men that was similar. There would be action happening and then it just kind of drifts off into the the background, what's happening around it that seems insignificant, but he kind of forces you to linger on it. Kind of like MXP. Mm. <laughs> no. How dare Most you? Wouldn't know. Haven't watched that one yet. Sorry, Ricky. <laughs> Favorite favorite moment of the first half, anybody, if you can remember? That was mine. I already said mine. Yeah, you said yours. I think mine might be the tunnel where the car is like moving backwards oh. and then the water starts like flowing over it. Um, but you don't really know it's a car moving backwards. And then it like shifts to the left and then it's moving forward. I don't know, it's just this like tunnel of memories and they're all like kind of merged together. And like, yeah, it's just it's a magical moment. Yeah. And I've never seen anything. Like yeah, that. when she walks into the frame and it's like uh, blurred by water. Yep. yep. And, the, and it, the water's like constantly moving. Mm-hmm. And then the wipers just make it clear. Like I, It looks like, like a fairy tale. Yeah. I want those wipers. I've never what had such a clear windshield. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had yeah, such effective wipers right in my life. <laughs> <laughs> There's another great scene with the car uh, where a police officer flags him down, <laughs> runs from a good distance yeah. away, and instead of coming to the window, climbs in the bed of the truck <laughs> and hands it to like this bay window in the back. He hands him a letter. It's That's probably funny. my It's so funny. <laughs> Right at the beginning, um, there was a shot. It was a shot of a mirror that was, like, cracked, and then it panned over, um, and then I think it went across, like, I don't know. It was a piece of metal. I don't know if it was, like, a dumpster or something, but it was, like, this blue dumpster mm-hmm. that was, like, being rusted, and there's some mm-hmm. voiceover was just mm-hmm. sliding across it. So mm-hmm. good. Very tough. I loved that. Yeah, and that's the yeah, the voiceover about Wildcat's demise, right. and later we see Wildcat getting pushed into a mine mm-hmm. in a mine cart so mm-hmm. that's cool yeah there's a lot of hey, like, go ahead oh i was just saying like the visual metaphor of like as you kind of descend into the rusty memories well, yeah. and also Going the like the kind of like junky like decayingness uh-huh. of it all and the murky underneath ethan murkity oof murkadirk i like the i can't even tell you why uh, but whenever she's walking on the like the wall there, over the green book, yeah, that's one of my favorites too. And I can't even explain why, but I just thought that was great because hmm. for some reason I didn't want it to fall off. Is that a reference to the Oscar anyway. award-winning movie, The Green Book? <gasps> the Green Book. <laughs> It's like, so. get uh, out of no. here. Wait, wait, favorite wait, film. Wait, wasn't that the year that Green Book won? I think so. Twenty seventeen. Yep. So it was like be gone, Green Book. Be gone, gone. Green Book. Uh, You don't think? You don't think? think. (laughs) 
Rick Faint. Uh, I already said one, but I'll say another. Uh, when, no, he's, when he's no, in the prison talking to the two. lady, and then two. it like it switches in the water, so, like slowly starts tripping down the back wall, and then and it flips, and then it's like a waterfall <laughs> going behind him, and it what there wasn't. It, ah, it's just and so you notice weird. how they had mentioned in that the green book with the spinning spell in it, mm-hmm. and like it just right. barely spins mm-hmm. right oh. there. Huh. Mm-hmm. Can I say another shot? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I saw the barely uh, spinning in the back. Sitting, before before you oh. say another shot, I want to make clear there are three cinematographers on this film. Mm. One guy is a cinematographer for Black Coal Thin Ice, one of the other best Chinese mainland China movies of the decade. One from the French movie <coughs> Mustang. And I don't know where the third guy's from, but anyways, go on. Uh, no, he's in this room that's I don't know flooding kind of in the. Mm-hmm. Um, Light fixtures hanging down and all the waters like going on. It. He turns mm-hmm. on the light and you can it okay. illuminates all the different water droplets coming off. But then he sits down and he opens up the back of the clock and uh, yeah. is like changing the time. And then the camera tilts down and you yes. see in the reflection the clock, the time being changed. The reflection on the water on the ground. Which, if we want to <laughs> get into that apple question, I can give my best shot at it. Oh, we'll get into the Apple oh, question later. Hold on, hold on. We're, te- we t- we're teasing that for later. I've got, I've got two more. I've got two more. Because I just, like, now the whole movie is just enveloping in my brain. I want to point out, look at <laughs> Thomas. He's eating the core. Oh, I, it's the first qu- apple What's I've ever What's wrong, core? Thomas? Are you okay? Oh, no. You ate the core? Yeah. He's coring it. You I'm ate the so core, sad. too? I've already finished yeah, it. Should we be sad together? Did you guys eat the core? Thomas, oh, Caleb's Thomas eating the core. Thomas and I are going all the Caleb's way, dude. Eating the I core. hope the seed Thomas doesn't grow a, a, a tree in my stomach. Yeah, we're both sad boys. You guys ever hear that? It's the first apple I've ever I'm really impressed with both of you. I've never eaten the core of an apple. Neither have I. It was kind of disgusting near the stem. Fiber. I will say one... He goes west. When 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 young <laughs> when young himself I what was the, what was the main character's name again Luo Luo when young Luo is is coring the apple and they sit on his face and the accent what I don't remember that all right look the I said the wrong thing on his face. the camera oh. when the camera oh. <laughs> you're watching a very different movie <laughs> I said the wrong thing okay when the camera stays on his face. And the actor is just crying, like, okay. like he, the scene yeah. demands his sadness, and it starts before I he's crying. I think that's Wildcat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that Wildcat? I think so. I think it's Wildcat. Yeah. Which, does that blow your mind? sorry, just a, a side That thing. does blow my mind. That shot reminds me, of, I just watched In the Mood for Love, and that reminds me a lot of the little mirror shot on that. Yeah. But anyways. But anyways, so it's it's like a it's like a three minute I don't know four minute shot I don't know maybe less but less. it felt it yeah it felt really long and. It just starts before he's crying. He's eating the apple. He cores the apple. He eats the whole thing. But he's just crying, and then just, like, snot is coming out of his nose, and he's just, he's in the deepest sadness. Um, and just, like, it, and again, it just stays on him. It doesn't move. It doesn't, it doesn't pan away. It just stays on him as he's crying, and his tears are stro- streaming down his face. You want to know a fun fact about that <coughs> shot? Incredible. Oh. <laughs> he, had, he had told the actor to just, like, take a bite or two of the apple. And then he just like kept going, <laughs> and he just kept filming. So it really? wasn't planned for him to like just go and eat it all. I huh. think he also said that um, it was really easy for him to cry when he was eating the apple. That was the second one. Never mind. It's because the core is just so bitter. No, it was because they had they were like they had a bunch of chemicals on their hands and stuff, and so when they handed him the apple or whatever, like it smelled like these like chemicals, and he was eating it and he started crying. Interesting. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Huh. 
Um, AKA he can't act. What's that second shot you got there? Uh, just wrote <laughs> real quick the the one where they're kissing upside down. Ooh. Oh, and then I love Spider Man. And then Spider Man. Spider Man. I love Spider Man three. Emo Toby it's reverse, Parker. It's a reverse kiss where they're on opposite ends of each other, and then it pans down into the water. Um, that like some Solaris like vibes. It was Stalker. It was incredibly <laughs> pure, incredibly beautiful. Yeah. It was just. Uh, yeah, yeah the it was water, so good. The water where you see it's like green, you see through yeah. like some shapes underneath. And yeah. Underneath yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like poetry over it. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't know where I've saw, seen that before. <laughs> That's like the yeah, no, mo- no director's ever done that before. No. Also, like shout out to the DPs. Like there were so many moments where I was like, how is the camera not being seen mm-hmm. in any of these reflections in any of these shots? Like it was so spectacular. What they did, Eric, is they like they like set the camera up. And then, like, before they start filming, they, like, walk it all out. And they're like, oh, if I turn it too much to the right here, then maybe my shadow will be in it. So I just got to make sure, like, when I'm here, I turn left and not right, you what know? What about with the reflections? Yeah. yeah you the just, scene in the mirror was is the one that yeah. I was thinking. I, I like, CGI, turned to Jared I mean, and I was like, like I mean, how the uh, heck did they do that it's scene? It's CGI, you know? <laughs> Seriously, we <laughs> underestimate how much is, like, edited out of the stuff like that. It's incredible. That, I don't like, know. It's so, just rotoscoped and replaced, like, and I think pretty much a, like Photoshop. Yeah, that's a credit cool. to everybody that we don't notice that it's super right. edited in those moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually no actors in the film to all CG. <laughs> what? Oh, best what? CG work I've ever seen. What? Okay. No, I, yeah, I just I don't know. I just thought it like for for a man who's 28, for a man who's like you know, just like doing this, you know, from his brain and his own kind of creativity, like this it this was such a meticulously thought out. It was a surgical movie and it was just brilliant. It was just like the way that they just danced around the scenes and literally in that last half like it was only in the second cuz I've seen the second half twice and it was only in the second half that I that I saw where they might have hooked up a crane yeah. shot to it but it, I didn't see that the first time and I was just like oh my god this well, is insane. Well let's transition into the second half which we mention a lot. I don't think yeah Thomas has got it first. Long journey into night. Long. <laughs> that was our transition to the second half. Just now, like, oh, now everyone. Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah. The title. Everyone, the title everyone, put on your 3D glasses. Eric, here's where I want the music to start playing. Oh, <laughs> that music. Uh, yeah. Uh, everyone, look up composer Lim Giong, especially his work in Millennium Mambo. I think it's the best song in a movie all time. Mambo Pure person. Five. It just works. Nah, who Shao Shen can't make Eric, movies. Eric, cue, cue a pure person from Millennium Mambo now. Now let's talk over it for a minute or two, because it's just so relaxing. It's got a nice little beat going. No, this sucks. I hate this. <laughs> um, I read a I read an interview, not with Be Gone, but with Kate Blanchett. They asked her. She was in this movie. N- she was not <laughs> in this movie. Uh, she, before we go on, Kate Blanchett, shout out. We want you on the pod. Shout out. Any movie you want to watch, we'll fly we do. down to Australia. We'll watch you can fly to us, or we'll just do it over <laughs> Zoom. You just, oh my God. I'm so sorry, guys. Can we redo that? Yeah, She's, yeah, we'll redo okay, that. Okay, let's Holy do it Kate Blanchett, we want you on the pod. Lady Galadriel. I am so sorry. Benjamin Wait. Button's mistress, one Wait. might say. Wait, Ricky, do you know Kate Blanchett? Do you have her on? 
Uh, you know, yeah. I, sounds a lot like <laughs> Derek C in France. We might get Kate Blanchett on the on the pod later. But I read an interview where they asked her what her comfort movie was, and she said, "It's Long Day's Journey into Night." She comfort said, "It's like movie. someone ingested Tarkovsky and Wong Kar Wai and a couple others, and mm-hmm. uh, regurgitated up something of exquisite, painful beauty." Honestly, wow. when I hear I someone say that, that, and like like this is a movie that she puts on for comfort. It completely changes how I see that person. Hmm. Now you respect Kate Blanchett no, more, like, like like a lot. More. You hated her before, yeah. I remember dis- when you were like, no. Kate <laughs> Blanchett. You told me last week that you really hated her. I don't know why I you didn't. told me that, but you <laughs> I, did. I, I told up. you that in confidence. Oh, I'll call off pod. Yeah, call like, hey, I really hate this actress. I, to- I told you I thought, that off pod. So okay, cool. Like, maybe we just don't talk about that. On <laughs> okay, sorry, that's my bad. And since we since we mentioned Wong Kar Wai, I just want to point out his gaffer was the gaffer in this movie. Are we getting Kate on the phone? Ah, Kate. Oh, God. I haven't talked to Kate in months. You know Kate, too. She's probably, like, the time time difference time, there, time she's probably going to be at, like, yeah, 4 a.m. Probably, she's probably asleep, so I don't, I don't know. I don't <laughs> Ethan, know. check your phone. <laughs> check my phone? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Ricky, why are you talking? <laughs> okay, do your best Kate Blanchett impression. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> No, I don't know. I just like it, it. It it's impressive to me that it's like you know, yeah. like that, like all of a sudden I can start to like imagine like their taste and like <laughs> why they got into like acting and like all this stuff and like what they appreciate. If they appreciate this at its highest level, that's impressive. Like yeah, that she knew about this film. Anyways, let's stop talking about Kate. This isn't the Kate Blanchett worship fest. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Eric we don't want her on the podcast. Yeah, actually. sorry, Kate, you're no, not you. invited. <laughs> I do. Lady Galadriel's a saint. I just watched Thor Ragnarok. She's the villain. In Incredible. I find the second half of this movie very immersive and very calming, much like Kate does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I'm glad we talked about the first half. I think it's the ignored part of the movie. I think it's just as brilliant as the second half. But yes, Caleb, you're so, raising your hand. So you say the second half um, is a dream. I would is say the second half the is a dream. I don't know if it's him in the theater, or I don't. I also don't know if it could be him at the beginning of the movie because it starts with him waking up in the room with the girl. And I could see that also mm-hmm. being because mm-hmm. it ends with him going to watch the karaoke girls. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe that's one of the girls he woke up with because he wakes up and then there's like a cut to more like credits and then the movie starts. So I don't mm. know if it's like constantly revolving right. where he wakes up where the movie ends or if it's falling uh. asleep in the theater. So TBD, only only uh, the director knows, I think. Okay. Uh, but yes, uh, according to B, the second half of the movie is a dream. The first half is memory. The first half functions as memory, and the second half functions as a dream. But then he feels like a dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should we should talk about memories. And all alone in the moonlight. <laughs> no, no, I wrote I, I wrote something at the beginning of the film, knowing having seen the second half, and I and I don't know if this tracks let me know if i'm just <laughs> not making any sense but all right kate blanchett stop my super fan okay they said that a memory and film are different a movie has scenes that appear and disappear and are fake memories are real and then i and then i asked myself did they shoot the one shot because they wanted it to seem as real as possible and not like a dream as immersive no he thought it would be more immersive and dreamlike yeah 
Because when they said that at the beginning of the film, I was I, like, oh, I made that connection with the second half. And I was like, I don't know if that. I think that's more the first half. Like, I don't think all those memories are even true or at least all of each memory is true. <coughs> and so I think it's that idea of like memories aren't always correct. So in the second half specifically, we've already talked about how virtuoso it is. And the camera flies down a mountain. Mm-hmm. There's a sick pool shot. It just follows people around. But I'm more interested in what uh, do you find in the second half that thematically connects to the first and what it all might mean. There's a lot to unpack in this one. Too much. This is where you guys can take over. I've got I'll no just idea. listen. <laughs> all right, I'm going to shoot from the hip. Go for it. The hip second shot. half starts with a minotaur. It starts with like a maze and a minotaur. And I think it's 100%. immediately like, hey, here's some myths. And it's like, we're, we're going to do a really obvious one right here at the start. So follow us. Uh, and then it's not as obvious going forward. But like long day, it starts on the summer solstice. Mm-hmm. And then long the night is the second half. It's this winter. The winter equinox. solstice. Winter equinox. Winter solstice. Fun fact, my birthday is the winter solstice. So and you can see it there. My birthday is the first day of spring. You, yeah. you, you can see it there. Get me anything. <laughs> so let me know. Shortest day of I'm the not year. Gonna, I'm not going to get you anything. So it's like first one. For the shortest guy <laughs> on the pod. Yeah. Long day is the longest day of the year. And then we go into the longest night of the year. Mm-hmm. It's those two. And you can see it in their breath, too. Like when they're breathing mm-hmm. in the in the pool hall, like you can see their breath physically. And I think the, the thematic myth that ties the whole movie together is like Hades Persephone where like Persephone Ooh. spends half the year away from Hades Ooh. and then like the uh, the winter and the fall she like returns down into Hades and everything dies her mother is Demeter who's like Ooh. the goddess of like uh, the earth not the earth but like nature kind of like does the beekeeping mother perhaps Ooh. Ooh. yes but that's his mother so it's a little yeah it's it's convoluted it's but... a dream it's a dream. So I think that's the the myth that kind of goes with it. It's hmm. like it's a it's almost like a theater production of Hades and Persephone in the second half. Wow, Thomas is giving us some enlightenment, blowing my mind. Wow. Hey Thomas, so, do you want to maybe like hit up all the like people who try to review movies online and be like, stop being <laughs> sucky at this? There's too many. There's way too many. <laughs> all right, so we got some mythology going on. Do you guys um, notice the ping pong paddle on the door? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he talked about ping pong. I thought that was like pretty cool, yeah. like you know when he ping said he'd raise boy. his kid to be a ping pong uh, champion. <laughs> that was a pretty. Good... <laughs> <laughs> and there was like an apple that they ate, and then like the horse like has apples in the second half. No, those are all important. What do you guys live at? <laughs> It's his aborted kid. Like that's whoa. That was the I deepest. Know, that is actually yeah. that was the yeah. deepest take I could have so, ever. <laughs> no, well, that, but Eric, that was a good point. No, Talk about good, the Eric. the ping pong paddle kid. <laughs> he can't. He's got. He I'll talk about the ping pong no, paddle so, kid. Literally, I was just like, I I saw the ping, and then like the whole ping pong paddle scene. I was just like, just relaying it back to the the scene with the the falling glass where he was like, if we have a kid, I'll raise him to be a ping pong champion or something like that. And mm-hmm. so I was just like... After she had just aborted oh, their this kid. Is, this is... And and as we'll find... I won't talk about all of them, but as we'll figure out, like the whole second scene is just like calling back to all these things in the first half. And um, that was that was the first one that I had, um, that I had noticed. But That is that. the first moment of his... Uh, the pain of his real life rearing up in his subconscious, I would say. Right. Well, so I would actually argue that it's starting in the 
movie theater and then in the on the railway tracks those are both like two murders i guess were implied in the first half so mm-hmm. it kind of starts in like the the darkest depths of his like memories right there and then it's kind of yeah then it goes to like the aborted child and like getting that moment um but then ties it back to wildcat uh, as well so it's kind of like both and I, I don't know maybe he's like a younger you know so the only other two times we see railroad tracks are or hear about so we hear that my wildcats found at the bottom of a mine shaft. Yep. And then we watch him push mm-hmm. Ace, whatever his Mr. name is. Ace. Mr. Ace. Zuo. Into Ace. a mine shaft. And then we see our main character going down a mine shaft. So is it a dream? Or did he die? Did he die? Mm-hmm. We see uh, him pointing the gun at Zuo in the movie theater at one point. Did he make firing. it out of that alive? We didn't see the firing. That's fair. Hmm. That's true. I think it's implied. I think it's implied too, but yeah, you know. Oh well, doesn't his chest have like the the blood on? Uh, anyways, um, I saw a squib yeah. in his pocket, but that was about it. <laughs> oh, a squib like Filch in Harry Potter. Stop, stop. stop. So uh, I wanted to jump forward a little bit though, and I think the 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 crazy lady with the torch at the end there. Oh. Uh, think it's supposed to be his mom yeah 100 i, um, I agree with you. and so i think uh, yeah, uh there's, a, there's a few things um the big one he talks about the hair being red if yes. you can see under the light and when the torch is there her hair is red yep um also the broken clock from the beginning yep. uh is mm. the watch yeah the watch the that's watch. broken um and that's why he's super sad when he like kind of like leaves her there and she like doesn't even know who he is and, and, um, and having the uh the torch that would uh make the bees go away Mm-hmm. And then That's right. there's also wow. the the gate there is honeycomb shaped. I also thought Whoa. the gate might uh, of Caleb, also tied. Caleb, Caleb's over Whoa. here like what? Hey, hey, I'm <laughs> a, I just rated that. I might have to change my rating. <laughs> <laughs> the the gate is also at least to me it reminded me of the jail cell thing yeah, they're talking thing. Thing. through as well. So um, yep, yeah, I, I think that was one of the the big ones. Um, yeah, I'll let someone else talk now. But. Yeah, but no, it's um I think that's why. Because the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, he's crying now. Right after he, uh, <laughs> beekeeper, red-haired torch lady, uh, goes behind the gate and leaves. And then you're like, oh, no, he's like subconsciously remembering his mother leaving him forever. And he's yeah. mm-hmm. sad. Mm. Anyone else notice uh, anything? Sorry, Jared, does that finally answer your question about the apples in the second half? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. I thought you were implying the mom. That was yeah, the whole too. thing that you were. I thought you were going with, but the apple is the mom. No, you were. No, never mind. What's the apple? Uh, apple uh, Steve Jobs. Oh god. He represents oh, Steve Jobs, and no. he was part of. Uh, no, don't do this. He's part of QAnon. Please don't do this. No, Holy I'm just cow. kidding. It's I'm just idea. kidding. Down with QAnon. That's what we say. Please stop. I'm I'm ready to lose Potters over that. Actually, yeah, I'm, actually yeah, <laughs> I'm a proud member. Actually. <laughs> oh. You're a member of QAnon. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, I thought it was supposed to be anonymous. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're the leader? Yes. Oh, God. I forget who the leader is. You no, be. you're thinking of you Cube. Oh, I was talking about a GameCube yeah, Rubik's, Reddit I'm part of. Rubik's where Cube. We just talk about GameCube games like Rave Runner and whatnot. Call it Cube and On. DDR, oh. maybe? Anon, Anon? <laughs> no, I was thinking of like, like when like it's kind of this bread that it's like non-bread, but it's from Cuba. Oh, Cuban, Cuban non. non. 
<laughs> you want to you want to bring us back there, Jared? We should yeah, write bring jokes. it back. Um, we should no. write jokes for Jerry Seinfeld. No, at the um, at, at the first part of the film where he's talking about the <laughs> his friend with the cart of rotten apples, and then mm-hmm. the guy carrying the horse cart of apples. Um, and, By the way, and how they keep keep spilling all over the ground. I thought that horse was really well trained, but apparently that horse wasn't supposed to go nuts, and they were like freaked he was going to break the camera. Oh, he and got was my really he got yeah. really close to the rig. Yeah, I thought there was no way that that horse like was trained to do that. Was I not. thought that had to be just like they're just going to roll with it. It was an accident, and they were like, "Yes, that huh. works." That's that's why he's just a madman. That he just like put all these moments throughout the sequence that are just like, yeah, you literally can't like perfectly plan this like yeah. we're gonna play a pool game and a ping pong match and um, have a horse and like <laughs> all these different things that it's just like literally it can't go like that cart that yeah i don't even know they must have i don't know they could program that that was wild it just like perfectly went to the ground uh, anyways so many just like little things that you're like did yeah. it did anyone notice the wild pomelo mm-hmm. kind of references yep. brought back right, a few yeah. times a few times with um the karaoke um, competition was called the while the, win. the Pomelo competition, and then she was playing the gambling game in the pool hall, which she could win a wild Pomelo. And um, yeah. she had talked about it in the tunnel scene that uh, Ricky talked about, which uh, was his favorite scene where uh, the water one, was coming down. She was on one song, you get a fruit platter, three songs, one. you get a girl. But she was crying what, yeah. in the movie theater. Oh, yep. oh I didn't know that. One. Oh, that's what that okay. Yeah. All right, well, I missed that. Uh, also, say, yeah, go. She uh, she asked the main character for a wild pomelo in the beginning, during a season that he couldn't possibly get it, and yeah. he gets it for her. And she then they're together from that moment forward. And then she says in the little casino area, she's like, "Oh, if I got a wild pomelo, I would leave this this unknown house. boyfriend, yeah. and I would just leave." And so it's kind of. Mm-hmm. Just kind of connecting those two story threads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've done a lot of interpreting. Mm. <laughs> I kind of want to think what you. Let's change gears a little bit. What do you guys make of the central relationship of this movie between Luo and Juan? Is it a healthy thing? Is it true love? Is she using him? Is he? Yeah just duped is he looking for his love what's going on here do you think i think it's like what he said about memories is like you start to tell yourself like different things and you're like in your mind you make things what they you make things up kind of in your head yeah like you might have had like a nice time with this lady but now it's how many years later and you're like yeah i remember that really well but are you like fabricating things in your mind and that's kind of how i felt so i don't think it's a healthy relationship I how think. many other people had a nice time with that lady right yeah the movie says a lot hmm. the movie she, she says very a lot. she very easily could have been using him to get what she needed well which is kill this guy yeah please for me i mean yep there's the romanticism behind it and you're just kind of like oh no it's like real but like break it down she could have easily been using him and I thought that at least some of the, like, conversations they were having, there it was, like, purposely, like, a really, like, dirty mirror in the background and stuff, which to me kind of, like, symbolized the, like, imperfection of that memory potentially. Like, like when they're in that, like, booth and they're talking to each other and that whole scene. I don't know. That There's was just a, a lot. Thought. There's a lot of mirror. Yeah. But, There's like, usually they're they're dirty and, like, or if it's through a window, it's, like, a bunch of layers. Everything's kind of obscured and... 
messy. But anyways, I just thought like the even those like really close moments I think were like implied to have maybe not have happened at all or are very different than what he remembers. But mm-hmm. just like five hundred days of summer. Wow. <laughs> it all comes back to you. There it is. I only watched the first third on an airplane and then that's it. It's enough. So. It's enough. <laughs> Does anyone remember the poem from the Little Green Book? Because I think it'd be fun to make this room spin a little bit. Uh, Who's going to kiss me Snow then? Snow under a microscope, knives in a water. Knife piercing the sky. That was the snow. Piercing the, piercing water. the water. Knife piercing the water. I think it was a microscope piercing the water. There's something about water. stars becoming stars birds. As many as piercing through my, or flying into my chest. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, guys. Whoa. Oh, oh. oh my gosh. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> We're spinning. Like the Ethan just threw up. <laughs> Don't kiss me. I thought it was just because I had like eight eight uh drinks tonight. But yeah, room spinning, man. Room Guys, honestly, spinning. we could we could keep going for hours and hours on this. There's too much to dissect. There's space. There's time. There's symbols. There's sparklers. There's clocks. There's burnt houses. There's <laughs> honeycombs. Should we get, should we get we final t- thoughts? Can we talk about the last shot? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the well, last shot. About and the then first we'll... and the last shot. Like the the last like first, 55 minutes. Oh, the very first, first shot. shot. Microphone. Microphone and what's on her wrist? Watch. Wrist. Watch. <laughs> Wait, uh, oh, a, I didn't notice that. Watch on her wrist. Watch on her wrist. And, and what color is she wearing? Red. Red. Green. <laughs> She's not uh, wearing green. I'm colorblind. No, she was wearing red. I don't even remember that. Yeah. I just remember the microphone. I was just throwing a, a color in there. I don't know. Oh, okay. First shot, microphone. Last shot, sparkler. Is there, is there anything to be said about that? We sh- mm. Did you bring sparklers? Guys, you know <laughs> me. No, I didn't. No, that... Oh, I was just saying that very last... Between the room spinning all the way up, the sparkler is like... I thought it was like a transcendent moment. Like that was like goosebumps the whole time. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. special moment. You know, in um, Inception, where the top doesn't fall, mm-hmm. and it just goes to the sparkler doesn't burn out, and it just cuts to black. We don't Whoa. know, will it? Yeah, own it. It was actually supposed to go out, but the the guy that was like lit it and sent no. it there is time to yeah no. And they ran out of uh, they, space on the hard drive it. right when it. <laughs> <laughs> they lit it like twenty minutes before. <laughs> um. Sorry, Eric. Were you they marked. No, they I was m- just gonna say that he he said that the the fire the firework was the Transience. symbol of the fleet the fleeting life the yeah. the um yeah just how life is short and, and it's a symbol of that yeah and she said the watch was a symbol of eternity but it was broken so mm-hmm. maybe he's saying it yeah it's fleeting that last shot by the way. They use that a ton in the marketing, the spinning room and the kissing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So really? they were selling it as like a New Year's Eve movie for romantic You're couples. Awesome. Brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. And so it like made 38 mil in China on its opening night. Nice. And, and it, it only made, made like 50 mil overall. <laughs> but on Twitter was trending that night. I don't understand long day's journey into night. <laughs> that is how you market an art house film. Like, Seriously. Sorry, suckers. You yeah. you watched a movie you didn't yeah. like, but you funded some beautiful art, and now he gets <laughs> Sorry to keep making movies. Sorry you saw something movies. beautiful. <laughs> God! <laughs> I'm all for it. You guys ever, um, <laughs> you know how you, sometimes you dream, and it's like fragmented memories? I've never mm-hmm. had a dream in my life. Mm-hmm. 
I got that. So I don't know. I, I no no no. I sometimes I, like I'll dream something that I haven't thought about in years. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it's. Do you have an, Do you have an example? Not that I'd like to share. Oh, oh gosh, it's <laughs> really sad. Jeez. No, I I w- I would say I've had similar things where like having a dream of like not a person I know, but like they take on some of those like qualities, and it's like almost mm-hmm. like a symbolic similar person but they're not that i don't know like so like no no i had a dream like that two nights ago i was like this is definitely when i woke up i was like that didn't look anything like the person that it was in my dream but it was representing like the woman with the red hair and it's just like you talked about having red hair she didn't have red hair it was still kind of a symbol similar person there was a broken time piece of some sort involved because of the broken time piece in real life and yeah you're right it's just like when you dream you're kind of like putting details together but they don't really entirely make sense and that's what that entire thing felt like it was just all of these random callback not random but there were all these like callbacks from the first part that were just kind of linked together in this kind of beautiful dance that was this one shot uncut and it was just like yeah even even him walking up stairs while eating an apple was mesmerizing like yeah. just him walking up those stairs and it just focuses on his feet and each step was just like heavy and weighted and it was just mm-hmm. like I could watch that on loop like that was beautiful right. like how does he do that sorry adam sandler that last shot is an uncut gem <laughs> Right? Bad Come on, joke. guys. Come on. So how long did you think about that uh, before you said Ten it? seconds, okay. and then I was in. Too long. And Too I was ten seconds to into the it. film, you've been holding it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting for the right time. I'm like, this is the time. We'd love to have you on, Adam. Ethan, you haven't really said a whole lot. What would you think? I'm just stewing in it still. Yeah? It's a lot. Let yeah, I'm just stewing. I don't admire you guys sitting here like having only watched it the first time. 10 minutes ag- or like 20 minutes ago <laughs> you don't admire us like having to sit here and talk about oh. it and like you just well, I, I wouldn't have had Being any force to have a thought you don't envy not us. jealous didn't, what did i say admire you said admire. i said i don't admire yeah you, you you don't want them to be forced into thought is that what you're saying no i'm saying like i'm glad i had seen it once before this he's so saying that he's I, like, not had adding mire to their pit to their bog one thing se. we haven't talked about yet is the mid-movie title drop Best title drop all time, I would say. That was fun. <laughs> yep. I love that. An hour oh. hour twenty in, he just title drop. Hour ten. <laughs> Thomas thought the movie was over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we all went up for a drink. He's like, Is it done? <laughs> like, I don't know what to make of that. Intermission. You shouldn't know what to make of it. I have you have only I just seen it. Question, unless you have something yeah, go. What would your guys' karaoke song be? If you were forced <laughs> to do karaoke, Ooh, I have like several. I actually. do have a karaoke song. What's your karaoke the karaoke? The Chinese karaoke. Look at this photograph. Oh, yeah. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Awesome. Yeah. What the hell is on Joey's head? What song's that? Photograph. The greatest song ever made. Okay. The Chinese karaoke songs in this movie are great, by the way. I love Chinese karaoke songs. It was pretty good. Does anyone have an answer to Caleb's it's question? It's pretty. Uh, I've got two. I usually go with oh yeah. "With or Without You" by U2. Nice. And U2 is like the moon, Frank Sinatra. Oh. oh. Always uh, choose one that people. God, know I want to hear you say "Neon Genesis Evangelion." I normally do "Ordinary uh, World." I normally do "Polka Dot Ascot" by Kitchen. Real Batman here, Wuhan. Discount Batman got me a coupon. Polka Dot mask with a boots on. 
Now on Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, <laughs> Pandora, Napster, any streaming service. Yeah, Polka Dot Ascot it. by Kid Chimp. It's on when Spotify. You it. No, it's not. As of 4-13, it will be on Spotify, so Apple Music, TikTok. It's out now. You TikTok. snobbies listening to this. Yeah, when you're listening to it, I guess. It, Watch out for out. the house party in space drop and Goofy Goop. <laughs> Love it. Shout out the planets. Yeah, shout out the planets. I could ask so many more uh, questions, but I don't want to take too much of your guys' time. Mm. So I just want um, final thoughts. We we already talked about craft a ton. Normally I like asking your favorite craft moment, but we talked about a lot. Um, yeah, I think that Begone is a master of cinema already, and I'm excited to see... Uh, what he makes in the future because he already understands it better than almost anyone else. He just got funding this week for his new movie, so good mm. week to watch. And this kiss is for you. I was I was I was uh, watching like a video essay recently about how cinema is actually a really young art form relative to writing and painting and mm-hmm. and how there's still so much that we probably haven't figured out about how to use it. And I'm like really looking forward to see what this guy does next and how he's going to keep uncovering and discovering how to do certain things. And yeah, so I'm really excited (coughs) for his future, whatever it is. I will be going on to canopy ASAP to watch Kali Blues. I believe that's the only streaming service it's on right now. Yes. Oh, you can okay. do like an Amazon seven day trial. Oh, okay. Or go to free Wait, library if you, canopy. If you have Prime, you can watch it? You you can do like, th- you know, you can like get trials for other services oh, through yeah. Prime. Yeah. So I got that. And then there's other great movies. Like I just watched The Turing Horse. Um, That's also on there. That's on, is that not on Criterion? No. I guess I just assumed it was. But, okay. Lots um, of good stuff. Anyways. Yeah. I am excited to watch more of his stuff. That was mesmerizing and I cannot wait to watch some video essays on this because I'm sure they'll have a lot to say. There's not many, but there's one really good one. Send it my way. No, just watch it again. Send it my way. True. Send it on. Make your own. We'll put it in the, in the show notes. Eric. Don't do it. Oh, oh, um, I think a similar note has been struck with just, I'm, if if this guy has made a movie that on first watch i don't entirely know all of the points made but i feel so completely at peace and love the beauty and just what my eyes saw i was i was completely overwhelmed by just how perfect it was um and it envelops like a flower. Like, the more you watch it, the more you'll see, the more you'll understand. That's art. That's perfect. Yeah. Wow. T. Scott. What Eric said. <laughs> yeah. Love it. It's, That's good. Love it. It's like a, a poem. Like, you read it, and you're like, I don't know what he's talking about. And then you read mm-hmm. it again, and you're like, oh, okay, I see the connect. And you just have to kind of chew mm-hmm. on it a little bit longer. So I don't admire you guys for not having seen it twice. I still don't think admires the right. No, no, no. Your bog is not. Is at, we're adding. No, I don't admire you not having seen it twice. We that makes sense. No, that is a that works. 
Ricky, it, it doesn't. Really I do not yes. admire your place currently. I think it's you're saying, I, way of saying you getting angry about it is making it. it I'm going to murder you more. with this microphone. It doesn't make sense thematically, maybe? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, grammatically, it's correct. Uh, wait, Grammatically, this is, 100%. This is the final movie <laughs> yeah. of our... Hey, let me have my say. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Uh, Cookie's sure. the new host. God. We all voted you off the island. <laughs> meow, meow, baby. Meow, meow. I mean, my Cookie's intro back. was pretty weak, so that would be fair. No. No, go, go ahead, Jared. Jared. You can record it. I apologize. Um, yeah, it was my third time watching it, and Thomas and Eric are right. The more you watch it, the just better and better it gets. And I think I want to end by just saying Chinese mainland Chinese cinema is in a good place. You guys need to watch this movie. You guys got to get out there and watch Cross Current. Probably one of the 10 mes- best movies of the 2010s. You got to go watch Black Cold Thin Ice, another great one. Dwelling in the Funchun Mountains. I mean, hmm. it's out there if you look. And they're, they're some of the most exciting filmmakers out there, these Chinese guys. Hmm. So go check them out. And yeah, this was the fifth and final of our Going on a Journey films. So we got to rank them all. Oh. We started off with Ricky's... Oh, no. Everyone went bananas on the slopes <laughs> with MXP, Most Extreme Primate, the chimp that snowboarded and helped the uh, younger f- guy get friends and learn to snowboard. And then we got, uh, what was second? Till the End of the World, Wim Wenders, Masterpiece of the 90s, uh, traveling in nine countries and crazy getting sci-fi and realizing that devices will make you narcissistic. Even in the 90s, Wim saw that. And then we went to Helix, which Darjeeling. was the Darjeeling Limited. Darjeeling Limited. A couple white guys went to India and felt good about themselves. And then fourth uh, was Goofy, Goofy Movie. Goofy and <laughs> Goofy and Max. Max. We saw how bad of a dad Goofy was and how Max just had to bear with it. What? He redeemed himself. Yeah, but he's still a bad dad. We have yeah. those conversations. Okay. And, they, yeah. and remember, we, we, we also want to remember all the people they murdered along the way. That's true. I would like to point out that the, what was the girl he liked? Roxanne. Yeah, her dad. That was a good dad. Played for laughs. Was a good dad. <laughs> he was a good dad. Yeah, that was the one good dad in the movie. And then we finished with it's Long Day's Journey in the Night. So, Ricky, you want to rank them? Yeah, I can do that. What's five to one? So, uh, I'm sorry to do it, but um, MXP's Doom Doom Drop Danger in <laughs> itself down to last place. Uh, still a beautiful film, though. I guess you all go watch it if you haven't yet. <laughs> um, then up next, uh, the nostalgic a Goofy movie. Um, go watch the extremely Goofy movie, The Far Superior. Agreed. Um, <laughs> third, um, I wasn't on the episode, but the Darjeeling Limited. Um, my... Little thoughts is I I was it was decent. I think that's probably my least I favorite ad- of I the. I admire uh, your little thoughts. It, it was my least favorite of the Wes Andersons I've watched, but not mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next we have Until the End of the World, and then way at the top, sitting at the the crown of almost everything we've watched on this podcast is Long wow. Day's Journey. Tonight. Wow. wow we High praise. I think or debt's the only thing in front of it, maybe. Uh, whoa. Ooh. I'll make it I'll make it easy. That's exactly the same order that I had. So yeah. I'm really struggling. I well I'll let you guys go. Did anyone have um, that same order or uh, Well I have only seen half of <laughs> Until the End of the World. <laughs> oh, that's right. 
So, God, you uh, suck. Me, you here, here, suck. At number five, we have the chimpanzee that boarded his way onto the slopes and into our hearts of MXP. At number four, I will go with a goofy movie. Oh God, I was so number scared three. To not put that until in the end book. of the world. Just I've only yeah. Watch the half. second half; it'll go to two. Number yeah. two, Darjeeling Limited, and number one. Long day's journey. Hey, tonight. Ethan, do you want to rate the three movies that you watched, or do you want to? Sure. Um, <laughs> um, at three, Darjeeling Limited. Um, but I did really, really enjoy that one. Mm. And oh, it's like they're both so good. They are. But I'm probably gonna have to go with um, Until the End of the World at two. And then Long Day's Journey and Tonight at 1. But they're very close. Yeah. Very close. They're both top of their decade. Yeah. Mm. Thomas. If uh, you have to do all five. <laughs> have, you, have you seen? How many of those have you seen? Uh, three. Okay. You have to do all five. <laughs> I haven't seen Most Extreme Primate, but Same. I know I'll hate it. Same. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Wrong. Chimps yeah. are great. It would be a fun ride. It would be a fun journey. I hate chimps, actually. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> I Whoa. only have one to rank. It's yeah. Long Day's Journey into <laughs> Night. Great movie. Top tier. Um, it does make me want to watch Till the End of the World. Yeah. After Ooh. hearing you guys. So it's a good mm-hmm. one. I'll have to check it out. It slaps. It's almost five hours. What so. would you give? With uh, the director. Yeah, it's yeah. a long movie. <laughs> Literally. What would you give Long Day's Journey into Night if you had a Letterboxd account and give it out of five stars? Including you don't have a Letterboxd account, Thomas. You gotta get oh, one. Yeah, he's going oh, full fiver. You gotta get five. an account. The Who bird, else went the, full fiver? I went full fiver. rests on Ethan. Oh, I'm at 4.5 right now. You gotta get that a fiver, bro. I couldn't give it below a 4.5 for sure. Fiver goes west. <laughs> Man, that, that's a great movie. I almost that was a good joke. A journey. I think China's in the east. Yeah, I got the same ranking as y'all, so we'll just wrap uh, it up relative. instead of having me <laughs> so listen to So what's our next category? Our next category. Oh, well, we're all going to put on our sparkly pink dresses and our tiaras. Tiara. It's princess time, ladies and gentlemen. Choo-choo-choo. Princess. <laughs> princess <laughs> movies, <laughs> any movies with a princess, about a princess, concerning a princess, saving a princess, princess saving others. We have all princesses to choose from. And Ricky, Ricky is the first Dog's to choose. named princess. Ricky's so got the first princess. I wanted to... Watch something very nostalgic. Um, growing up, oh, I watched no. this movie quite a bit. No, no. It's Barbie's Nutcracker. <laughs> I'm gone next week. <laughs> You're kidding. I don't yeah, my sister had it, and I secretly watched it with her. Like, you know. I just listened to an 18-hour podcast on Barbie films. 38 of them. Did you really? Shout out Cole Popsher. Well, not in one go, but yes. <laughs> What? And that was one of them. Oh, <laughs> okay. Wait, are you for real though, Ricky? It oh. was either that or I mean, if you guys would prefer it, I mean, we could watch the Tale of Princess Kaguya instead. Yes. yes. I would yes, prefer I would prefer that. 100%. <laughs> Fine. Fine. The finest Ghibli movie of all. <laughs> What's the name of it? The finest the animated tale, movie of uh, all Barbie animated movies. Princess Kaguya. Uh, Kaguya. Legit Snobbies, my favorite animated movie of all time. Wait, is that what the is, one we saw? It's in, in my top five. Together? Nope. That was Princess Mononoke. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Which is also <gasps> this is one I haven't a seen. banger. Yes. You guys going to do all Ghibli films for the princess no, films? No, no, no. <laughs> I'd be happy. I mean, we could. We could. Ghibli princess films. Are there that many Ghibli princesses? I can only think of two. I mean, there's a lot of female... Oh, Castle in the Sky. There's a princess. I think there. I've only seen Spirited one Away. Ghibli movie. She's not a princess. There's a princess a somewhere. 
Yeah, we didn't we didn't say woman movies. Thomas, do you have any any other thoughts? I feel like we're about to sign off, and we didn't get enough T. Scott. I just really appreciate being here. Thanks so much. You love having. We'll have you back. We'll have you back. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You want, bar- you want to watch Barbie Nutcracker? All right. Just me and you. Eric, yes. <laughs> Eric, cue the cool long day's journey into night music. <laughs> Thank you, snobbies. <laughs> we appreciate <laughs> your... Good journey, good journey. Bye.